Preserve and Illuminate podcast, where my dad, Nick Benson, and Justin Moss talk about being salt and light in a bland and dark world. Welcome back to the Preserve and Illuminate podcast. I'm here with my brother, Nick Benson. I'm Justin Moss. We welcome you guys. Hope you're having a blessed day. And uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, before we get started, there's something we have to talk about, Nick. <laughs> What's that? Happy birthday. Oh, thanks. Yeah. It was Nick's birthday two days ago, so we got to tell him happy birthday. Thank you. Virtual hugs, lots of prayers. But a happy birthday. Man. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, distant hugs. Distant hugs. <laughs> Social distance those hugs. Stop touching me. Yeah. Put your mask on. No touching. Wash your hands. <laughs> Before and after. Before and after. <laughs> Especially after. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> Well, all right, today's, uh, today's episode, we wanted to talk about Christian fatherhood, mm. um, which is something that, again, uh, this is, I think this is one of our early ones, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've had this kind of on, on deck, on cue mm-hmm. for a while, um, but also something that, that we both feel is important and uh, it's something that we are, mm-hmm. right? Right. So, Nick, what is, uh, what is Christian fatherhood? Um, I don't know. Okay. Still podcast over <laughs> leave your comments below yeah i mean we yeah exactly <laughs> fill me in help me out <laughs> well yeah i mean we even made the joke before starting how you know we were like you know what what where did where were we being led or what were we going to talk about and I, you know the joke was like well we're both christians and we're both fathers so hopefully we can shed some light or share a little bit, you know, on, on e- either experiences or, um, you know, what the Bible says. I, th- I think we, we, you know, between the two of us have verses that we can quote and go to um, probably all day long because mm-hmm. one, we're Christians and two, we're fathers. And we, you know, we've been doing that, you know, especially the father part, you know, my oldest is, you know, he's going on the, on 12. So, you know, so, woo. Yeah, he's getting in, and I just had a birthday. I turned, you know, fourteen. So you know. it's crazy how that works. <laughs> but it, it um, you know, it's it's a it's a daily practice, and still something that I don't know the full answer to. But mm. um, but one, I trust God, and two, I read His Word to try to get um, some sort of direction and some sort of um, base behind what. I'm teaching my kids, but I think the most important part to fatherhood in general is, is you know, how, how we're leading, you know, and 
we have to lead by an example and that could be good or bad you know you can lead by a bad example and and um you know really hurt your children especially in the future like you, you don't know what you're preventing them from doing or learning by your bad example or mm-hmm. what maybe you be stump like could be stumbling them into uh, which was like a big conviction in my life and, and my testimony and especially you know having isaac my oldest like having our first child me and audrey we um my walk changed considerably from you know my my walk changed considerably getting married you know and then a, another you know transformation happened when i then became a father and then even having more children it continues to to you know i i just pictured you know god being the potter like he's just continually mm-hmm. shaping me as being the you know the pot you know so he's just working on me some things he removes some things he's adding some things he's shape reshaping you know and um to me when realizing how important and what the calling is being a father you know because that's a ministry in itself like Mm -hmm. we've had an episode where we talked about what is our first ministry and we talked we both talked about our families being numero uno you know Mm -hmm. besides our relationship with 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 jesus you know obviously that's number one for uh is that what numero uno means yeah oh sorry for the (laughs) (laughs) non-bilinguals even though i'm one of them (laughs) but uh (laughs) but yeah so outside of our relationship with jesus our number one ministry is going to be our family you know and if you don't have a family that's different if you're not a father i'm sorry we're going to talk for an hour about fatherhood but maybe it's something that you will be you know mm-hmm. god knows um or um you know maybe we share something that just helps as in your walk because i feel like leading by example is not just um being a father like mm-hmm. being a christian we're supposed to lead by an example to the world you know our light's supposed to shine right you know illuminate mm-hmm. so so to me that's the biggest part and you know we'll kind of like open that a little bit more but I think how we lead with our example, or we've talked about our witness, you know, within the home, there's also a witness we're leaving behind, too. Um, but what about you? What, what was first first thoughts on Christian fatherhood? Because like you said, this has been on, we've talked about this many of times, and I think this is part of our normal conversations anyways, because we're both dads, so. Right, just doing it in yeah. life already. Yeah. You know, good, bad, or indifferent. All right. <laughs> Yeah, I told you, you know, earlier that, you know, I wasn't as prepared as I would like to be. And some of it, you know, had to do with because we're doing this and we've stepped through, you know, our lives as, you know, not being Christians, now being Christians. And then, you know, for me, you know, being a father Mm -hmm. from both sides of that, you know what I mean? So there was just a lot to kind of take in and and really um, hone in. And that's why prayer kind of, you know, guides us here. But I think Christian fatherhood has, you know, two different, two different things and elements to it. You know, you don't have to be a Christian to be a father, Mm-mm. right? But, you know, in order for you to be a Christian, you have to have a father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we have, a, we have the ultimate example. We have a way to search him out, to reach out to him, to, 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 to you know, reach him through his word and be spoken to through his word, reach him in prayer and be spoken to, you know, through his word. So we have that ability, but what do we do with that and how do we apply it in our lives is the difference because everybody has the same exact access as we have right now. Mm-hmm. It's just whether we, you know, use it or not. And Christian fatherhood is something that 
is missing in our world mm-hmm. like you would not believe mm-hmm. it is it is you could you could see it on every commercial you can see it everywhere you go you can see it in how society acts you can see it in how kids acts like if you if we put our kids in a secular like a sport like you know, we put our kids in a sport you know my kid played baseball like you could immediately tell the difference between my kid and the other kids and it's not that you know our kids are better than these kids mm-hmm. it's just that they understand who their dad is what authority is what it is to be under authority what it is to listen mm-hmm. and how they should act now they're going to act up because they're kids and they're going to have fun and be goofy but they understand that once you know somebody says no it's enough mm-hmm. right they understand you know how it is to be in an order yeah. Where a lot of other kids are being put on pedestals <laughs> and they're being told that you could be the best you you could be and be whatever you want to be and whatever, I'm not going to go into it, but whatever thing you want to be. Mm-hmm. And they're told that. So there's like, you know, the world is their playground. Mm-hmm. So that's that in itself, you know, is a, a, a dichotomy of what we're talking about right now, where we could see the world. And then on the opposite side of that, we can see Christian fatherhood. And they're going two different directions. And the only way to narrow that gap is to have more men um, accept Jesus into their heart and act like Christian men. Mm-hmm. You know, because we know the weight of that. Like, you, know, and you, can't, you can't take that away from your understanding. right? And some people that have heard the gospel... And I've read through it, but still have elected to go otherwise, have, you know, condemned themselves and their families, unfortunately, because they're not leading like they should. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's repercussions of that. Right. And those iniquities are, are visited upon, you know, the fathers and the fathers. Right. Yeah, we're, we're held at a, a higher responsibility, especially when, we're, when we know truth. When right. We, like you said, when you, when you full hear and realize, feel conviction, and then decide not to do you're held at a higher responsibility because technically you know and you're making a decision to to push away you know mm-hmm. to push back and and yeah for for fathers and the the cultural view of that um are lazy are sitting on the couch with a remote with mm-hmm. a drink burping mm-hmm. farting which i do those too but um i don't the, you don't burp or fart yeah no, no you're perfect yeah <laughs> You, yeah, you didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> I actually do it in the Ziploc bags and save it. Wow. <laughs> then when Marla comes home, I'm like, hey, smell this. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah, I'm for sure. sure. We're sure. Yeah, we're, we're for surely. Sure. I'm getting a text when she hears this podcast. I'm like, you do what? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, sorry. That's what's under your pillow. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Too funny. <laughs> yeah, the, the the joy of live recording. You can't right. take that back. You can't take that back. You can't, go, can't, can't rewind that one. I'm sorry. Man. Forgive me. <laughs> but yeah, so it, uh, culturally speaking, the, the world uh, makes fathers look like, you know, I, the, the media picture I get is like a Homer Simpson. You know, yeah. like, that's the picture of, of America's father you know mm-hmm. we're we're not you we're only the only thing we're useful for is going to work and bringing home some money everything else is just we're just a slob mm-hmm. and i always took offense to that type of stuff um as in the way the world per, like perceives manhood in general like mm-hmm. we're and i always 
my whole life I've always wanted to be and tried to be different than what the world showed or said a man to be. Even before becoming a Christian, I always just didn't like what it was shown. You know, you were either a, a super athlete or a slob, you know, and it was like there was no like normal men. And I just thought that that was, to me, um, strange because there's more normal men than there are slobs or super athletes. So to me, I'm like, so where do, where do I fit in if I'm not going to be either one of those? So I had to like constantly try to seek ways to uh, better myself and then becoming a Christian know you know full blow like knowing at that point how to be a better man because like you said the perfect example of one was was Jesus you know and he, and when he came to earth he gave us a perfect man example to be um you know he held children he cried for his friends he loved everyone he met he wanted to help as many people as he wanted as he could because he wanted to you know it's like a willingness you know um he forgave, he was not quick to judge, he listened, you know, he washed their their feet, you know, like he like he, he did everything that uh, the world definitely doesn't say a man would do. Mm-hmm. Like that's more of like, almost you would put it on women's job for a lot of the things I just explained, you know, which is, it's sad because that's not what Jesus told us to do. Jesus told mm-hmm. us to to lead, you know, to be men, but also to do it in love which culturally men aren't supposed to love they're not supposed to hold kids they're not supposed to cry they're not you know they're not supposed to do all those things because that's not a man's man type thing you know but i think the most manliest thing to do is be able to be open and share and love um because that that we're, we're here on earth to encourage and to uplift and to praise god at the same time and mm-hmm. give all the glory to him so Nowhere in that does it say that I'm supposed to be stronger than you, more louder than you, mm-hmm. you know, show more aggression or power than you. Like that, but that's what the world says a, a, a guy or a man should be. So, you know, segueing that into like how you put that into fatherhood, you're either the lazy bum type or the aggressive type. You know, mm-hmm. and and I never saw myself. Either way, I didn't like to think of myself as lazy and fat, but I definitely didn't see myself as aggressive and and strict. But you, there's a there's a medium in between there that we're supposed to give to our children because we're supposed to direct them, you know. But and we're supposed to discipline them, but we're not supposed to lord over them, you mm-hmm. know. So, and it's a juggling act and a f- very thin line, and I think. Um, that's why this is one of those topics that we always talk about because we're constantly looking to each other and, and, and others too. I mean, we don't only talk to each other, but you know, we're looking for that iron sharpening iron. Like, Hey, what did you do in situations like this? So I did, you know, so like, it's just a way to share and grow. Um, because like I said, we're fathers and we're, we're raising kids and in different age ranges, but we're both raising kids and we both have different things that we're dealing with on those, uh, those same paths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a question for you because of, of what you brought up. Um, because I see, I see a man being portrayed a little bit different in just the small little sample sizes that I have, mm-hmm. but I don't see that macho man, that, that, that top of the pack that, you know, alpha male, 
um, being projected anymore, but mm-hmm. more of like a, a, a softening. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and that's what I wanted to ask you. Like, do you see that same thing? Um, like in commercial media wise, no, yeah, it's media, yeah, yeah, media, commercials, and even how like a man is being projected now because now a man is almost like, uh, and I don't want to, I don't want this to come across wrong, so forgive me if it offends anybody, but like a man is almost like a Ken doll now. It's like <laughs> stress him up, make him look as pretty as he can right. and as fashionable, as nice as he can. Yeah. Um, where you know, I think when we grew up, like you kind of wanted to be rugged. It was okay. There was times where you wanted to look good, but other times it was okay to be you know like dirty because you were doing work. Right? Yeah. You were doing man things. Right. Yeah. And you had a chainsaw and a chop down a tree. Yeah. That's why there's wood chips all over my <laughs> my flannel, right? <laughs> like that type of stuff. But now it's kind of like um, it's like a, a it's more of a look and like a Ken doll type of thing where you can be dressed up and, and, and but be soft rather mm-hmm. than before. So that's my question. Do you see the yeah. same thing or? Like media and society wise, like yes. in a whole, yeah, I would say, yeah. But like the macho side of things, like what I was explaining, uh, that I would say that that was more of what I saw in the upbringing in the area that I grew up in, mm-hmm. you know, like so the Inland Empire and like a lot of those, um, cities and, and you know i went to schools in like fontana i went to school in ontario like so i i saw a, a broad range of different you know ethnic backgrounds and a lot of the a lot of that area and territory were people that had like really macho style fathers you know mm-hmm. like where they were either in the streets and they were tough or um you know they were football tough or you know things like that but yeah like nowadays portrayed on tv portrayed on shows portrayed on movies and billboards and things like that yeah they've they've definitely like demasculinized however you say that word they ruined men you know they they they're chopping and that's that's on purpose you know culturally they want to remove uh men being leaders or the the thought that men are leaders and they want to say like anybody can lead it's just uh the only difference is you know Men have the plumbing to make the kid, you know. So it's like they, you know. I'm sorry. Did you call it plumbing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's mixed company, so that's why try I, to keep I, it, I appreciate that. Try to keep it G-rated, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what the, the cultural just and and even that's trying. You know, they're even attacking that kind of stuff, which we, we can squirrel out and rabbit hole down that for a different episode. But as what the Bible tells us for raising children, it tells us to. To, to not only lead by example, but direct their paths. Mm-hmm. And, and so if we're too macho to, like, soften up to, like, meet their needs, because like you said, they're children, they're, they're a little silly sometimes, they're doing, mm-hmm. you know, so they're still growing and maturing. Uh, if we can't meet them at that level because we're too macho, we're never going to connect and they're never going to listen to our direction. So, mm-hmm. like, we have to be able to, I don't want to say morph, but almost, like, come down to a level that they can like pretty, pretty much in my opinion if you can teach to a if you can teach to a kid you can teach to anybody so like it, it's like the best way to learn and hone in certain skills because they're not going to judge and critique you either you know like i mean if you mess up a word they may make fun of it like if it sounded funny or something like that but for the like most part yeah like yeah exactly i'm sure i'm going to get <laughs> made fun of after people hear that because i can't spoke where'd i learn how to spoke um but yeah so 
there's different um, levels. You know, I'm just thinking like even speaking to my kids because I have four different age levels. I have to be able to like adjust my manhoodness, but still give them a direction that shows that I am the man of the house. I'm the dad. Or like me and Audrey always make the joke about who's the pack leader, you know, because like Cesar Milan, like no, I'm the pack leader. Um, but it's it's uh, as the man we're supposed to lead in a direction, not like the the, ho- the the lording over, as in like making them do what I say. But it's more of a leading by example, showing them that I'm following God. Like you know, again, I picture like the Abraham and Isaac situation where mm-hmm. Isaac's fully following Abraham all the way to the point of death because. He knows his dad's following God and yeah. listening to God. So um, our direction has to be one that's being led by Jesus for them to fully really trust and, and obey, you know. Mm-hmm. And obedience is something we work on for our entire life. So um, just like training anything or, you know, I think of like a dog, like you, you want to train them how to use the restroom outside and when to eat, where to eat, and all those kind of things when they're younger because it's easier when they're younger than trying to teach them those things when they're older. Mm -hmm. And then raising kids, I feel like, is the same mentality where the sooner you teach them things that are, you know, whatever you teach them, sooner you teach them something, they're easier, it's going to be, you know, later in life. So if you instill God's direction and pass at an earlier age, like, you know, in Proverbs, I mean, Proverbs is, we're in, we're studying Proverbs, so, you know, in 22.6, it says, direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it or and not depart, mm-hmm. depending on what translation you have, so that just, to me, shows, you know, direct them and teach them these things as soon as possible, because as they get older, it's going to be harder for them to fully grasp or listen, because they know they have the free will, they have a now they know right from wrong in their own mind, depending on what you taught them, you know, like, so, uh, for me and my family, you know, we, we've, as for me and Audrey, like, we fully invest everything, we, we learn straight back into our kids, like, if God's telling us something, we share that with them, and obviously some things we have to keep PG or G rated, you know, um, but as far as, what they're seeing from us and hearing from us, we want it to be what God tells us or what God shows us. We don't want to put like our influence in it unless it's something God gave us, really. You know, mm-hmm. there's a quote that says, "If we don't teach our kids the things about Jesus, the world will teach them things about Jesus we don't want them to believe." Mm-hmm. And I just in that one, like when I heard that, I thought that was so true because. You can raise kids in a Christian home, but if you're really not teaching them anything or, or really like setting the foundation right, by the time they get out of your house and they're in college or like in a secular uh, surrounding, they're going to hear things about God, heaven, Jesus that you're, you were never teaching them because the world doesn't like all that stuff, you know, mm-hmm. especially nowadays. It's only getting worse and worse. So. I think it's pretty important to, to instill those things at, a, at an earlier age range than later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a word that everybody should grasp onto um, as a whole, but really when it when we talk about Christian fatherhood, it's being steadfast. Yeah, You have to be steadfast in what you're doing, how you're raising your kids. And, and it's not as steadfast as being like stern and like, no, yeah. 
but it's a steadfast and you have to be steadfast in your love. You have to love your kids through the tough times and through the good times. And it's got to be the same mm -hmm. type of love. The same measure that you discipline them is the same measure that you love them. If not more, the love should surpass that discipline. So that they understand that this isn't me, you know, coming down on you. This is me trying to help you to be a better you. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and we're called in several different scriptures in the Bible about disciplining our children. And we have to be that, but we have to be steadfast in love. We have to be steadfast in our faith. We have to be steadfast in being a man and then resisting the temptation to do otherwise. Mm. Our ability to do that will set that witness for our children of who to be. They may not follow everything that we do. They may not follow in the path that we have cut out for them, but they know exactly where that path is and how to get there. And right. they won't, they won't ever fully depart from it because yeah. they'll still hold on to it. And we can talk about people that we know um, who have kids that have fallen away or kids that are, um, you know, maybe backslidden or kids that are just those prodigals that are just out in the world just living that life. Um, but they still know, you know, where that tap is. They mm -hmm. still know where to go. They know where to go. And that doesn't happen if you're not steadfast. It, it doesn't happen because if you're wavering and you say, well, it's okay to do this, but not this, mm. then you're teaching them that there's always a compromise and there's always an excuse and there's always a way to get out of whatever that you're doing. And that's, again, you know, not to harp on society here, but that's a problem with society and how men are raising their children. Yeah. You know, they're te right now kids are being taught, you know, you have to be you know, the best at this thing. And if you can't, you're a failure. Well, that's not necessarily the case because now that's your plan for their life, which they don't want. And probably it's not what God planned for them unless you sought him first. Right. So that's why that word being steadfast, that word steadfast is extremely important because that is what cuts through everything else. Like if we look at leadership biblically or secularly, leadership is based on being able to lead. And there's two different ways and not schools of thought, but just two different ways. And that's leading from the front and leading from the back, right? You can either pull people and lead them through or you could push people in and help them through. Mm -hmm. But leadership has to have the diversity to be able to do both. You have to be able to do both. So sometimes we're having our kids, you know, just follow me and just keep following me. And other times we're like, okay, look, this is tough. I got to, I got to force you through it. Mm -hmm. Or you're not doing this right now. I got to, you know, push you through it. Christian fatherhood has to have that biblical basis on everything if we could be steadfast in the bible we will learn everything there is to be a father just from staying in the word you mentioned earlier you know um, abraham and isaac and that's actually one of the verses that i had um, picked out here in genesis chapter 22 verse 2 um, because you know god tells them you know now take your son your only son isaac whom you love and go to the land of moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which i tell you not to go through the whole story, but one of the favorite things about this story is we see that Abraham wakes up early in the morning. Mm -hmm. You know, if we were called to do that same thing, I'm not sure that we would wake up early in the morning. Mm -hmm. We'd probably stay up late, spending that last moment with our son, knowing what the, the Lord asked us to do. Mm -hmm. And we would delay a little bit and be like, Lord, are you sure? I'm packing real slow here. You change your mind. You let me know. <laughs> but no, he woke up early and said, okay, this is what the Lord, you know, um, called, you know, told me to do. And we see that because of his obedience and his faithfulness and him being steadfast, that he had no problem tying down a young man and make no mistake, you know, Isaac was a man mm -hmm. and him tying his young man down. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, lifting up a knife to slay him. Right. So we see that obedience and that steadfastness 
And that's just a small example of, of, of what that is, mm-hmm. um, of being steadfast. And that's a word that I wanted to make sure that, you know, that at least we get that out to people. You have to be steadfast. It's not going to be easy. Mm-hmm. You may have more troubling times than not, um, but it's all for, you know, God's glory. Right. And it, there's times, and I can speak to this personally, right, because I have two older boys. There's times where, you know, we just, you pray for them every single day. And then you get like this little glimpse. The Lord's like, don't worry, I got this. Like these little glimpses because, you know, they're not following the Lord. But without without me being steadfast, they don't have anything else to look to. Because everything else that they see is against what I'm telling them to do. Mm-hmm. But if they have a question, they come to me. Mm-hmm. Because they know that dad's steadfast. Mm-hmm. Dad, dad doesn't change. He's immovable. He's not changing. Mm-hmm. And that's because of my faith. It's not because of, you know, me being a macho man or some, you know, some secular book that I read or some class that I took. It has nothing to do with that. That is a direct reflection of who my Lord and Savior is. Right. Yeah, I laugh when people, you know, I I guess laugh's not the right word, but like I, I pause when people tell me, like, try to like say how good of a job me and me and Audrey talk about this all the time that how good of a job we've done with like raising Isaac or doing it and I'm like and I I get what they're saying but I also try to oh like I, I try to remember always to give the glory back to God immediately like because I get they're trying to encourage us and telling us that he's doing great they're doing great you're doing great because they're doing great but the the fact of the matter is is the only reason any of us are good or no good is because of what God's done for us, you know. So mm-hmm. we train them and direct them, but God's doing all the work. So I I get I take the you know the the encouragement at, at, you know for face value, like I say thank you, but. God's doing all that. That's all God. Like he, you know, Isaac can, Isaac's special. He can remember verses, apply them, explain them to people like in a way that they can understand. I didn't do any of that. You know, like I, I if anything, I probably slowed him down in some of the processes. <laughs> like I probably stumbled him in some things, you know. I mean, forgive me if I have, you know, but, and that, and that's one of the biggest things for, uh, for me as being a father is, is, is exactly what you're saying. Like you're saying the stand fast, but in my in my head, I, it's consistency. Like mm-hmm. it's be consistent, consistent. You know, persistency gets it. Consistency keeps it. You know. So like, if we're consistently in our word, it's gonna flow through us. It's mm-hmm. not gonna, you know, stagnate like the Dead Sea, like Pastor was talking about. Mm-hmm. It's not just taking water in and just sitting there and becoming right. unhealthy. Mm-hmm. It's coming in, and we're filtering it right back out because we're sharing with our kids and trying to encourage them and that's where the you know the consistency but leading by examples the the big thing for me and um the verses that stood out for me for for this episode that I wanted to share on was in first peter 5 and we may have even touched on it before in, in previous episodes because we've talked about our first ministry and things like that um but verse 2 and 3 in the, the NLT it says care for the flock that God has entrusted to you so right there, like our flock that has been entrusted to us is our family. So we're fathers to our family. So we have to care for them um, because God trusts is trusting us with them. And then it says, watch over it willingly, willingly, not grudgingly, 
So doing it because we want to, not because we have to. Uh, not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Verse 3, don't lord over, or don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. So that's where the lead, you know, lead by example. So you have to lead by a good example. It's not just a example, a good example. And, you know, the only way you can lead by a good example is being consistent and disciplined in your walk you know so your walk has to like i said go and flow through to your family flow through to co-workers to friends people you know out outside family um our example has to be good to everyone and it has to be consistent it can't be one with some people and then some with another because then it makes our faith complicated and hard to follow so then our kids can't follow a complicated mm-hmm. you know or like you mentioned compromise that's like a big bad word you know like mm-hmm. because a lot of compromising happens when we're trying to like bend things to make it to where we want it you know like we're like changing things or compromising here and there to make it more work for what we're doing rather than seeking God and then maybe um, you know, not conforming, but transforming our side of things uh, to meet His will, rather than trying to change God's will, you know, into ours, you know. Um, so for me, that those verses were were and are heavy for, for how I um, treat everyone, but m- most importantly, my family is, you know, like I, I'm, it's a privilege to have a, fl- a family, it's a, you know, a blessing to have a wife, a blessing to have kids, so Am I going to protect those, those you know, those gifts that God's given me, and 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 actually help them grow into people? Because if we want things to happen differently in our world, like it, it obviously it starts with us. That's the whole saying, you know. If you want change, you got to start it. That also goes within our families too. So if we want, you know, better humans to live, you know, after we're gone, we have to help raise them, whether it be our children. Or influencing the young, the youth around us, you know, like you mentioned, like your son playing baseball, like your son was different than those because his foundation is different. But pray, we just pray that that seed is planted in all those kids that saw how he reacted and acted and listened and like, mm-hmm. you know, even because they even have an example and a witness that they leave. So if we're leading them by that good example, we pray that they also lead by that good example with everyone everyone that they come in contact with too hmm. yeah I think the the example part and also the witness and then going back to you know what you what we're talking about being steadfast or consistent as you said it right yeah. those things are like little like stepping stones for other people to follow mm-hmm. um, you know a lot of times when you hear people's testimonies especially like you know um, some older people's testimonies they all talk about them being um, introduced to this Christian person that was you know I'm using air quotes here but different mm. they were they were different there was something different about this person and it's interesting to hear the testimony of kids who witnessed their parents mm. engaging in this person that was different because mm-hmm. it ministered to them too and the point I'm trying to make is just in our Christian fatherhood, it has more implications than just our kids. 
because our kids' friends mm-hmm. are going to see yeah. that difference mm-hmm. that I'm talking about. Our, our kids' friends' parents right. are going to see that difference. And what does that look like to them? Mm-hmm. Because you know, us as Christians can look at some of the things that are taking place in the world, and they could seem to be offensive, they could be obtuse, they can be you know, repulsive. You know, if we if we go somewhere and then everybody's drinking, we're like, okay, I, this I'm, this isn't my I'm out, right? And somebody sees a look on our face and they're like, oh, that person's angry, <laughs> right? Yeah. And they're all happy and cheery, right? Because they're all you know lubricated. <laughs> um, but the problem is that that was a witness for those people. You know, right. we could still have the joy of the Lord in our heart as we're saying no. We have to be careful as to as being Christian fathers what we what we project to other people and how that difference looks to those other people and what seeds that is sowing for what Christianity is what a Christian father is mm-hmm. um, because you, you know there's a couple stories that stick in my head about how people have talked about what that difference was and how nice that person was how caring that person was how loving that person was and how that made a difference in their lives and sometimes. In one of the two cases, it wasn't immediate. Mm-hmm. It was just okay. But once they were confronted with the gospel, it all clicked. Mm-hmm. Like it just came together like they wouldn't believe, like a beautiful symphony that the Lord had just laid out. Like, check this out. Yeah. And it all just came together. So the more people and the more Christian fathers that we have, the more opportunities that other people have to have that different person in their life that they're able to point to and say, I get it. Now I see why that person was different. Mm-hmm. There's nothing less masculine about being a Christian father. If anything, it's a lot tougher and you have to be more masculine because of what you face mm-hmm. and how you have to go through it. And then sometimes you just got to grit your teeth and say, wow, I cannot believe that I have to do this. Mm-hmm. And then we lean on the Lord and then we say, I can't believe how easy that was. Yeah. Yeah, true. <laughs> it was all him. But it's not that we're less masculine. It's not that we're, 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 we're less understanding. It's not that our rigidity has to be perceived as such it just has to reflect our faith and how steadfast we are and what we believe what we read what we know and how we need to apply it in our lives and who specifically given this podcast we have to apply it to Mm -hmm. because our ability to train our children up in a way so that when they are older they will not depart is our legacy mm-hmm. you know, that's the first thing we talked about this before our first ministry for what we have been called on this earth to do and should we not do that then we have failed at everything else mm-hmm. because when we stand in front of the lord and he says uh, you know this is what you've done with your life you know tell me about your children mm-hmm. what happened there i don't want that question mm-hmm. i do not want that question <laughs> i want to be able to say lord they were years before they were mine that's on you that's on you no but in all seriousness like you have to be able to tell that i want to be able to tell the lord i i, I read scripture to them i prayed with them i loved on them i did everything i could i tried to do i try to direct their paths and no we're not always going to be successful mm-hmm. You know, nobody, nobody is going to be 100% successful at everything that they do. But we have to understand at the same time what we have been given, and it's not just for us. It has to flow through this. Like we talked about several podcasts ago, we have to be that conduit. It has to flow through. Mm-hmm. You cannot get stuck in our conduit and just be for us. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned earlier, some things we, we do keep to ourselves because we know that the Lord is ministering to us or, or us and our wives. 
but everything else has to flow through. Mm -hmm. And we don't have to browbeat our kids with scripture saying, well, scripture says this, that you have to obey your father and mother. That's not, yeah. that's not what we're supposed to do. But it does say that. It does. So obey your father and mother. <laughs> but, all kids listening. All you kids listening. <laughs> but the thing is, it's, it's, it's way deeper than we can ever get into in this podcast. But it, there's actually a reason for a hierarchy yeah. so that everybody has something to follow. Because we have to be worthy. It's challenged us. We have to be worthy fathers to be to be followed mm -hmm. by our wives, by our children, by ministries we serve in, by our work, mm -hmm. by people that run into us. You know, at the Seven Eleven where we're getting a Slurpee. Like we have to be that. We have to, mm -hmm. and we're called to be that. And in Scripture, we cannot use that to beat our children with. But we have to do more in actions than we do in words so that they understand how it's applied. Because I can read a book to you. They can read any book. They can go to a library and read hundreds of books. Yeah. It doesn't matter until it's actually applied. Yeah. So our ability to be able to apply that is the, 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 the difference, again, right. the difference that will be made in their lives, their friends' lives, their friends' parents' lives, anybody that we run into. But we just have to be steadfast and bold enough to actually be different we do yeah and you know for me that was the easiest part of of my christianity is, is to be different because i like like you i didn't want to be like everybody else if everybody's going that direction i want to know what's happening over here that everybody's leaving right i'm gonna go check it out i'll why, let you guys why know you leaving? Yeah. why you leaving why you running yeah. why are you scared yeah why are you scared <laughs> go to church go to church if you're scared go to church <laughs> Man, we just quoted Ice Cube on our podcast. Oh, I'm surprised you knew that was Ice Cube. What does that mean? Shame on you, Nick. I'm not that different. I thought you were different, dude. I thought, I thought you were different. I thought you were so different. I thought you were Christian. I was shaking my head right now. People can't see right? me. Right? Nick's shaming me with his finger Even right now. I knew it was Ice Cube, too, so right? I guess I'm bad, too. All bad. But again, we have to challenge ourselves to be steadfast, to be immovable. We have to be Christians. In, in Psalms uh, 127, verses 3 through 5, I love how beautiful this is written because it says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. That's a gift from God, not yours. Right. What would you do if God gave you something and said, Hey, I'm going to have you take care of this, raise it, put it out into the world and make sure it's taken care of and prepared for what it's going to go through. And we have to ask ourselves every morning as parents, Have I done enough? Right. What do I need to do? And then it continues on to say, The fruit of the womb is a reward. Again, Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. And the interesting thing about this particular psalm, these three verses in it, is it, it, it gets to remind us that, you know, we can have a lot of children. Happy are we if we have a lot of children But the beginning of it, before it says all that, is that they are a heritage from the Lord. You actually get that from the Lord. They are a blessing. Children are a blessing. Children are not our slaves. Mm -mm. Children are not um, replicas of us. They're not clones so that they can be exactly like us so we can make more of us in the world. <laughs> you know, but rather, I like to think of it as God trying to use us To impart his wisdom in our children mm -hmm. and to take the worst away from us and give them the best of us mm -hmm. and to try to you know as the potter try to whittle them down or, or woodworksman whittle them down to what is 
a good platform for the Lord to do his work on. And we have to be able to plant those seeds. We have to be kind of chip away those those hard edges and, and rebuke them in times and say, no, you can't do that. That's not happening. Mm-hmm. Or praise them and say, great job. You made a decision and you stood up for what was right. You need to be praised for that. That's what the Lord called you to do. Mm-hmm. It's on us to do those things right. and help them to be, again, to use that word, different mm-hmm. in their hopes. Sorry, I went long there. Yeah, no, that was good. We, um, that's exactly, I mean, we're, we're here to, like you said, like uplift and direct, not to break down, not to um, put more hindrances on their life because, like you said, like we're supposed to kind of strip those things or cut those things away so that they're as aerodynamic as possible, <laughs> as aerodynamic as possible going into the world because they're going to run into their own, you know, walls along the way and their own, you know, quick lefts and rights and things that they're going to have to adjust and move with, you know. So if we, we've talked about it before with the, with even those verses about the, the, you know, the arrow in the hand, like for us, we're, we, we have it for so long because we have to pull it back and aim and get them on the right path. But when we let go and shoot, mm-hmm. you know, we trust that the Lord's going to continue that path going, right. going, you know, making progression towards him. And uh, what you're you were saying uh, kind of sparked a few thoughts in my head. Where um, even we've done like couples retreats and things, and and uh, they've talked about like how you treat your your spouse is mm-hmm. is uh, more beneficial and and easier to hear than how you teach them. Mm-hmm. So it's a treat treating over teaching. Mm-hmm. So I, I even apply that with my kids or even you know coworkers and people like that because. Um, there are teachable moments. There are times to do that, but the way you treat them, even in those teaching moments, will make or break how they hear and how they receive. Yes. Um, so repeat that because I, I don't know if people will fully be able to understand that, but I, I just want because it's that's an important thing right. in, in parenthood. Right. It, the the treating over teaching. Yes. So like when even when we're teaching, the the way we're treating is gonna make or break how they receive it yeah you know so and it's in the end like you said that goes for all aspects all walks of life if we're treating over teaching they're still going to learn because they're going to learn by our example so it makes me think of the quote like john Mata likes to use a lot where you know preach the gospel and sometimes use words i love that i can't remember who actually said that um St. Francis of Assisi. There we go. I was going to say, I can't even say that. I wasn't going to, I've already messed up one word. I wasn't going to try to mess up two words. <laughs> it's like I only have one yeah, word in the podcast. But I think of that and then apply it to parenting. So parent and sometimes use words. Hmm. So like how you're treating and how you're walking and living mm-hmm. is going to make more of an, or it's going to leave a longer and lasting effect on your children than what you may say like you said we can't just thump them over the head with bible verses all day long that's the same thing that we say about when we're trying to talk about jesus to other people we're not just Mm going to hit them with bible verses all day long yes we do pepper them in and you know like um season it a little bit you know um but salt yes i was going there preserving i've already used the illuminate now i got the preserve we're good we can end now right um (laughs) but yeah so i can't you know sharing the gospel we share it with our witness before our words so parenting we should be showing by our parenting by our example more than just our words Mm -hmm. and 
you know, I can't help but think of even uh, Brother Craig from church. He's in a devotion. He talked about, you know, um, don't don't major in the minors. You know, that's basically what he was saying. So it's just like don't harp on everything, you know, even the little stuff. Because like we mentioned, that sometimes the kids are just being silly. Sometimes they're learning. They have to learn the hard way sometimes. So we have to allow them to do certain things so don't major in those minors you know like let them learn some stuff Mm -hmm. let them fall down a little bit get a scratch on on their knee they will live Mm -hmm. and and then but but pick them back up and and try to give them a little encouragement to try again Mm -hmm. you know pick yourself back up give them lessons with the way you're treating them because if you yell at them or if you're acting some other way like they messed up and now they're in trouble and they're also hurt they wouldn't they're not going to know what to right what to take from that so. it compounds yeah it compounds the problem because they never got through what the message and the lesson that they should have learned in it because mm-hmm. now you know for any anybody and especially our boys age you know Isaac and Jordan's age because they're both the same age mm-hmm. like their emotions are starting to kick in mm-hmm. more than ever so right. we have to navigate through the emotion and kind of say oh let's, let's take the emotion out of it let's mm-hmm. just look at you know what 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 matters what would you know what would God want us to do how how does this set a platform for who God has called you to be yeah. and that's a hard thing to do and especially for the next you know seven years eight years of our kids lives mm-hmm. we have to navigate through that emotion um, and, and it's important because if we don't we you know we will we will fail at our job as being you know Christian Christian fathers while you were saying that it made me think of uh, have you seen that movie we are Marshall Mm-mm. No, we are Marshall. Yeah, it's about the football team uh, and at, at Marshall, they call it Marshall University or whatever university, or whatever. Yeah, I don't think. But so. they uh, a bunch of a bunch of the football players are coming back from a game and they all uh, die in a plane crash. So the only ones that are left is a coach that took a different route oh, that man. actually drove, and then um, another a couple of players that were injured are stood back. One of them missed the plane, and another one was injured. So there wasn't anything left of this team. Mm. And then the following year, they get a new coach, they get a new head coach, um, and then there's these couple of players, and they have basically a whole new team. So it's like a whole struggle of them overcoming the death of a whole football team. That town was built around that whole football, you know, football life. Uh, It's a cool little story. But interesting in that story, uh, Matthew McConaughey is playing the head coach, acting as the head coach. But he has this scene that's always stuck out with me in that movie. And uh, he's talking to the other the other coach or somebody else. Uh, oh, he's talking to the dean of the school. And uh, he's his son's out playing. Mm. And then he stops the guy talking to him. He's like, hey, what do you think my son's going to do? He's like, do you think he's going to pick it up and put it in his mouth? Or do you think he's going to do it? So he's watching his son while he's talking to this guy. He's like, what is he going to do? Instead of stopping him and going over and saying, hey, don't do that. Yeah. Let him do it. Oh, man. He's like, I'm, what do you think he's going to do? And then after he does, he says, hey, hey, don't do that. So he waited. Yeah. And it was kind of cool, and it, it ministered to me That's because it realized, like, sometimes we see our kid, you know, running out into the street. There's not a car in sight. We're like, don't run down the street. Get run out and hit by a car. Yeah. Instead, we just maybe wait a little bit. Like, is he really going to do? Is he going to look both ways? Is he going to pay attention? Yeah. And then you wait till he gets a step out there. You're like, hey, did you look both ways? Mm-hmm. It's a little bit different than you running over there and just, you know, chastising him and right. saying, you know, you, you don't know what you're doing. You almost died. You brought more emotion than you. You brought it. way more emotion. Yeah. You brought all this drama on their lives, and they just wanted to go get the ball out of the street. Right. 
So that's the that's that, that, yeah that always ministered to me, and it came to mind when you were saying that because sometimes we do overreact. Sometimes there is our own emotion in there. Sometimes we are, you know, so guarded and protective of what we know should be true mm -hmm. that we don't allow our kids the freedom to to go experience it. Because if we don't give them that little that little bit of ability and have those barriers and we keep it too tight, they're just going to jump out over the fence and be gone, and you're never going to get them again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like how you train that's a dog, a thought, yeah. huh? That's a scary thought. But it yeah, is, yeah. but it's the same thing like how you train a dog not to run away. You let him go outside. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you so don't you can see it. So you can see it, smell it, and understand it, and then know where it's home. It's like, this is where you need to stay. Right. And I'm not likening our children to um, to dogs, but from a theory standpoint, it's the same thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? In order for them to be have a defense against the world, they have to understand what they're up against. Right. Yeah, we're not promoting free-range parenting. No, free-range chickens. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> we are we are giving them a direction and a pathway, but we just have to yeah. allow them to understand it, learn it, yeah, yeah. and get some ex experience along with it. You yeah, know? and not not to go out and actually try these things, but if we pay attention, there's examples all throughout our life. We could be driving down the street and we can be having a conversation about why you shouldn't drink. And then we can go by and, and talk about all these people mm -hmm. that are wasting all the money that they worked for. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're living for that moment. They're not, you know, where are their kids? Mm -hmm. Where are their wives? You know, are, you know, are these friends going to be there for them? How are they getting home? Mm -hmm. Like, where does this fit into the biblical context of who we are called to be and how we honor and glorify God? Is it that? Or is it not? Mm -hmm. And those examples are all around us. So we didn't have to take our kid to a bar, sit down, order a drink, and say, "Don't taste it because it don't drink it because it tastes like this." Mm -hmm. We don't have to go that far. Yeah. We could just show them. Yeah. Those are the those are the boundaries we can keep them in, where they can see outside the fence. They're like, "Yeah, I don't want none of that." Or do we keep it too tight, where they're like, "I want to see what's going on over You're there." You're not even letting them, yeah, see it or nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. We're gonna. Yeah, I can't yeah. believe it's already fifty. Two minutes in, or I know. So we got you got one more thing, or you want? Yeah, um, the last thing I wanted to end on was just the point of Christian fatherhood or being the leader is just you know we have to base our family and base our walk off of the Word and not the world, you know. So mm -hmm. that I kind of wanted to just from from my final notes and and thoughts would be just to focus on God's Word and let that run through your life don't focus on the world and what it's doing because that will run through your life too mm. and that's that's more of a disease and a cancer than anything else is what the world system is going to tell us that is right wrong how to do things how not to do things because moral compass wise <laughs> they're on the opposite end of the spectrum so we're you know we have to lead by example i feel like more than ever right now that's so true because in all walks of life, we have to be a light and we have to share and be that good example so that it also influences other people to do that. You know, influence for faith. Pastor David says that. Like, so influence for faith. Try to influence your family for faith, but also do that and continue to do that outside. And then before you know it, that also trickles into what everyone's worried about, like government things and things like that. The more we infiltrate and influence our local starting with our homes and working our way out it gets to that national level but the world's got us focused on junk mm -hmm. day all day long giving us you know 
potato chips to eat on all all day and candy. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with that? It nothing, but there's no nourishment because <laughs> I like some candy too. I felt bad even saying that, but <laughs> but uh, me too. Yeah, yeah, I was looking right at you, <laughs> chocolate chip cookies. Right, <laughs> I had some last night. Um, but yeah, so if we continue to feast on junk, you know, inevitably the world will be junk. Yeah, and such a good point about starting at home. Because a lot of people are worried about what everybody else is doing, mm. but not taking care of themselves. Mm -hmm. Again, um, another society issue where everybody's like, well, look what he did. Well, I mean, you know, what, what, what chariot did you ride in on? Mm -hmm. Because we, we as Christians have to take care of our home. But to your point, if more of us did that, more of us were Christian fathers and Christian husbands and Christian employees... Mm -hmm. then we would have significantly less problems. There wouldn't be this division because the enemy is sowing these seeds of division and everybody's watering the living daylights out of it. Mm -hmm. So now they're like full-grown plants. Mm -hmm. Before we know it, they're just going to be a yeah, there's going to be a hedge of like, you know, a, a valley that nobody can cross because it's full of like thorns. Right. You know, all because everybody was worried about everybody else. Mm -hmm. Like we do just have to take care of ourselves. And then as we do that, things get better, honestly, right? Yeah. So real quick, I'll do my closing notes and then you could, you could do yours. I, I, I want to encourage um, anybody that would listen to this as a father. And even if you're not, you're still, uh, you can be a spiritual father to other people. Right. It doesn't have to be, you know, biological. It doesn't have to be by relation. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, by, by marriage. All, your 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 ability to be a father to somebody is actually somebody that can be looked up to, mm -hmm. that can be trusted, because we didn't even get to this point yet, mm -hmm. to be trusted and somebody that will be there at all times. If we look at who God is, you know, those are just a couple of the attributes. Again, we don't have time to get into it. Mm -hmm. But I want to encourage everybody to be steadfast, to get into your word, to seek the Lord. And ask him who you're supposed to be. And let him reveal that to you through his word, through prayer, through the Holy Spirit. But also by stepping out in faith. Because mm -hmm. sometimes it has to be out of our comfort zone. It has to be things that we normally wouldn't want to do. I, I like to play video games. Sports ones that you can compete in. But I don't like anything else. Yeah. And I don't, I shouldn't even say like. I'll do it. But, you know, there's things that my boys want to do that I will always do when they ask me. Yeah. Um, and I, I, it's not my most interesting thing that I would want to do, but I do it because that's time that I can spend with them. And sometimes it's just that because right. the Lord's going to provide those opportunities. The problem is the older we get, the smaller the window, the older they get, I should say, the smaller those windows get. Mm -hmm. So right now, you know, our kids are all over us. They love us. They're hanging on us. Mm -hmm. you know, they get older. And now it's a, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, hi dad, love you, bye dad. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that, that might be all you get. Or, you know, hey, do you want to go, you know, to the gas station and help me, you know, put air in my tire or something? You know, it's like, what? I think you say, fill my tank up. Right, seriously, <laughs> it might be that, right? Can you fill my tank up? But, or it might be, can you help me, you know, or what, what size, you know, screw do I need for this? And right. th those are, th you know, our opportunities are limited. So the encouragement is for people to actually be steadfast, seek the Lord, um, but also seek those opportunities. And it, it doesn't only have to be our children, but it's going to start there. Right. It ha you have to have that firm foundation, a good family, uh, and a good God, which we do. Right. Amen. Yeah, the only thing I would add to that is you mentioned, like, possibly people listening that aren't fathers, mm -hmm. and to, you know, to maybe 
be a spiritual father to someone else, which is basically discipling, you know, like disciple somebody. Uh, it made me think of like Paul and Timothy, you know, mm-hmm. like Paul calls himself Timothy's spiritual father. You know, his, Timothy is his son mm-hmm. because he led him to Christ and he, you know, and he discipled him and developed him into somebody that was leading and, and also sharing the gospel with other people and saving other people. So I feel like if you're listening to this and you're not actually a quote unquote father, like you have the relational or actual biological children, you can be sharing and discipling other brothers or sisters around you because that's what we're called to do either anyways, you know, like we're called to share the gospel and disciple and make disciples. So yeah, so we're, you know, you're going to do that in your home or if you don't have that opportunity, you haven't been given that yet in your home, then do it outside of your home with other brothers and sisters and disciple them and build them up. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, um, thanks again for listening, everybody. And let's end in in prayer. Mm. Uh, Dear Jesus, thank you uh, for today. And thank you for uh, blessing us and watching over us and keeping us safe and even giving us this opportunity to to speak and and, uh, minister to not only each other, but hopefully anybody listening. Lord, I pray that uh, your words go out and, and, and touch and and encourage and help um, anybody listening to to be better uh, fathers or or maybe mothers listening. I just pray that um, that you encourage us to direct our children to to you and and show them um, your ways and and lead by the good example that um, that we leave off. And I pray that we take our our uh, our opportunity and privilege serious to to raise children and to to raise them in your in your ways, Lord, and I pray that you guard us and protect us and guide us along the way, and I pray for protection over Justin and his family, and I pray for protection over mine and uh, my family and anybody else that may be listening. I, I pray that you protect them, guide them, um, bless them, and even um, encourage along the way and motivate them to, to seek you, and I, I pray that you reveal and draw us all closer uh, to you on a daily basis, and we just thank you again for this opportunity, and And we love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Don't forget, Jesus loves you, and so do we. Thank you for listening to the Preserve and Illuminate podcast. We hope and pray this episode has brightened up your day. We appreciate you, and if possible, please post or share with anyone anyone that may also enjoy our podcast. God bless.